Feel like you've got a lot on your plate, or maybe you've got so much going on it couldn't possibly fit on just one plate. You've got a lot of plates, fully loaded, spinning at full speed. Well, you're not alone, and you've come to the right place. I'm Liz Cerati. Welcome to Seven Plates Spinning, a podcast serving up ideas and inspiration for keeping all those plates in the air. Welcome to the first episode of Seven Plates Spinning. I am so happy to be bringing you this new podcast that will focus on sharing tips and personal stories that are all aimed at making our lives a little less hectic. We are busy, ladies. We have a lot of plates spinning, and I hope this podcast can be a resource for you, that it will sometimes entertain you, sometimes inspire you, but it will always leave you with at least one new tip or new idea to make your life better. And since we're all so busy, we're going to keep these episodes to around 20 minutes each. Hopefully you can sneak 20 minutes in each week to check out the latest episode. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe. Feel free to reach out to me. Let me know what you think or if there's a topic you'd like me to cover in a future episode. You can reach me at Liz at sevenplatespinning.com. That's Liz at the number seven platespinning.com. Now let's dive into our first topic. Today we're talking about self-care, taking care of your mental and emotional well-being during this very challenging period of pandemic lockdown that we've been living through over the past few months. I'm going to pass along some great ideas and tips that I got from a wonderful therapist who I asked to share how she's advising her patients to get through this time. And I also talked to a few of my girlfriends, of course, because let's face it, We often get the best life advice, tips, and tricks from other fabulous ladies we are lucky to know, right? So I'm going to share some of their personal stories with you as well. This is such a crazy time we are living in right now. I I do want to recognize that there are a lot of things going on in the world that are increasing people's stress levels. The pandemic is unfortunately just one of several really hard things we're facing right now. There is just so much. But today I really want to focus on what this experience of living on lockdown has been like and the ways we're coping with that. Because this really has taken the whole plate spinning thing to a new level. In addition to all the other plates we always have spinning on the best of days, we're now trying to do it all while isolated in our homes, mostly cut off from extended family and friends. And if you're a mom of school-aged children like I am, You've added a whole new plate. Now you're wearing the teacher hat also. It is nutty. And I know I am barely hanging on some days. So I had to hear how my friend Christine in Seattle is holding up because Christine is homeschooling four boys right now. Yes, four. She has a second grader, two fourth graders, and a sixth grader. Holy moly. So I called and asked, what is her secret to not losing her mind? Every night, almost every night, I would say, for the past two months, I have taken a bath. Um, I love fancy wow. bath stuff, the oils and the... Every night? You know, so almost, wow. almost. Um, That's impressive. <laughs> so, well, you know, it's luckily the kids are older now that I can um, 
you know, kind of get them ready for bed and, you know, make sure everything's in process and medication is taken, you know, for asthma and whatnot and everybody's set. And then I get in there, I lock the door, I turn on the fan so I can't hear them. And it's like, you know, if you need something, you know, you, you can ask your dad. So I've done that almost every, every night. So if you're bleeding heavily, that's yes. if you're bleeding heavily, that, like, then, then come get me. Yes. If there's a fire, um, if somebody's, you know, death is imminent or, you know, um, so yes, I do that. I have. Then knock three times. Read and, yes. Right. <laughs> yes. So, and, and again, it's often the dog knocking at the door. It's not just the kids. Right. So, um, somebody always needs mom, but I'll usually just try to yell, what, what, what? And eventually they get frustrated and, and walk away. So <laughs> what? I can't um, hear you. What? You, you, you have to have these boundaries. Yes. For boundaries. I am all for that. We need to carve out time for ourselves, even if we are never more than a few feet away from our immediate family. We can take a bath. We can take a short walk. That's what my friend Courtney says she does. Some days are you come out and think, wow, that was a really great day. And we went for a walk and we did something that we normally wouldn't have done. In other days, you just want to hide in your closet and scream into a bath towel because it's just so tedious and so hard. Not hiding in my closet yet, but I have been known to take a long shower just because that's like, no one can bother me while I'm in there. (laughs) I have doing a lot of just walking out of the house and sometimes just kind of circle the house. Never come back. (laughs) Which... which, You would think I would go for a longer walk, but, you know, my kids are kind of young and my, you know, husband is working most of the time, so I can't really go too far away. I can't really just storm off and leave, but I often sort of storm out of the house and walk around the yard, which usually calms me down and um, I'm away from everybody. (laughs) Yeah, you just need to take a minute. Oh my gosh. One of my favorite things you said to me recently when we were talking was about how you when the weather started to warm up and you would put the kids outside in the yard for outside oh, yeah. time and then lock the doors so they couldn't yes. go back in. Yes, I have been embarrassed <laughs> to admit to um, more than one gathering of friends on Zoom that you know different parents are saying, "Oh, I just can't want my kids to play outside more." <laughs> I've said I have taken to just putting them out there and locking the door. And after a while, they stop knocking and trying to get back in. I love um, it. It's and not they're, they're, and they're surviving just fine. So, oh yeah, they end up, they end up you know playing for hours. They just need sort of the nudge to get off the couch and asking to do stuff that, quite frankly, is just annoying to get set up and clean up like play doh. So it's the weather's finally turned. So go outside and and stay a while. And to keep them from coming back in, sometimes we need to lock the door. Yep. She's supervising the kids. They're safe. She has eyes on them at all times. They're outside being active. And she gets a minute to catch her breath. That is a win-win in my book. This lockdown has also been a challenging time for couples. I was reading some survey results published in Medical News Today recently. They reported that the University of Michigan did a survey in late March, so early on in the lockdown, 
And 71% of respondents said their romantic partner was their strongest source of support during this crisis. And people reported feeling more emotional closeness to their partner due to the pandemic. And I can see that. I mean, we're leaning on those closest to us to, to get us through this. But I also feel like it can be a strain on a relationship that people are stuck together at home for an extended period of time, which is not the norm for most couples. So I called Heather Grosso, who is a clinical social worker with a psychotherapy practice in Bridgewater, Massachusetts, to ask what she's been hearing from patients about this and what tips she's giving people for not only making time for yourself, but also maintaining your relationship with your spouse or your partner during this time. Her first piece of advice was to make time for date night, even if you can't go out. And that's something that I try to encourage people to do anyway, especially when they have young kids and maybe they're not, you know, getting out as much um, for a number of reasons. There are ways that you can kind of make that happen at home where you're carving out time for each other to really, um, whatever it is, whether it's sharing a meal or, um, doing an activity, a game, a something where you're focused on each other, not just watching a show, not just looking at your phone, um, but really kind of taking the time to connect. I think that that's been important. That's been something I've shared with clients lately who have talked about feeling frustrated with a significant other or feeling like like a roommate. It's tough because you, you're you with them so much that it's like, it's not like when people are working and they're coming home at the end of the day and they're sharing what happened in yeah, their life. Yeah, we have nothing to talk about, right? Right. Like, I know. It's, it's we're like, there all the time. So <laughs> it's like, you, you there's no news to share. Um, so, so then I think it's easy to kind of be disconnected. Even though you're together all the time, it sounds counterintuitive, but it's easy to get disconnected because you're not really taking that and putting that effort into having that those deeper conversations or the you know the the meaningful connections you know people when all this started i heard a lot of people kind of joking about baby booms and stuff like that but what's happening in these other countries that are coming out of lockdown is a, a surge in filings for divorce. So yeah, it's going to go one of two ways. There's going <laughs> right. to be a lot of babies and there's going to be a lot of people who are like, I really didn't want to spend that much time with this person. Right. And I see that all the time with people who are retiring. I mean, it's not an easy transition. So for everyone to be thrown into that transition at once and have the added potentially financial stress, the stress of having children at home, the anxiety about the actual illness and what's going to happen. I mean, it's a lot uh, you know, it's like a perfect storm of, of stressors. Heather also says you don't need to aim for perfection right now, which I think is a great reminder because we're so hard on ourselves. Women in particular, I think, struggle with guilt. I know I do. I beat myself up if I think I'm not doing enough or if I'm not doing it well enough. And Heather says, cut yourself some slack all the time, but especially right now. Part of it is giving yourself um, a little patience and grace, the kind that you would give to a friend um, or that you would want for someone else. I think it's hard to for us sometimes to give ourselves the benefit of the doubt that we're doing the best we can um, and that every day isn't going to be 100%. When you can give yourself some of that, it makes it a lot easier to give that empathy to other people too especially when you're talking about parenting. Um, I find that when I'm feeling really frustrated with myself, then I feel more frustrated with my kids. 
Um, so the more that I can kind of say, okay, I'm doing the best I can. And today this is all I've got. And it's, it's enough. Like they're okay. We're okay. It's all going to be okay. Um, Just keep repeating I, that. It's all going to be okay. Yeah. It's all well, gonna I be think okay. <laughs> it has a lot to do with our own kind of self-talk and inner critic. And, um, you know, it's hard because when somebody's kind of telling you you're doing a really sucky job, it rarely motivates people to be like, oh, I'm going to get it together. But for some reason, that's the, the tactic that we use with ourselves. It's like, you, you really suck at this. And then it's just like, oh, well, now I feel crappy. And it's probably less likely that I'm actually going to kind of right the ship today and figure it out. Um, whereas if you can kind of, even like with kids, also sometimes just say, you know, okay, this has been a horrific morning. <laughs> it's 10 o'clock. Let's have a restart. We're going to restart this day and try again. And so sometimes I have to do that for myself and just say, okay, like I, I cannot be perfect. That's just not going to happen. Nobody is. And I think also recognizing when you have all these other stressors, and that's the thing I think when it comes to working moms and, and the guilt, you have all this other stuff going on. It's like, there's only so much of you, period. You know, you can't give to everyone everything all the time and have anything left for yourself. So it's just kind of recognizing that that's normal, real life and that it's okay to be not perfect. That's right. It's part of real life to be not perfect. Remember that. Repeat that to yourself three times a day, more if needed. I know I need to remind myself not to be so hard on myself. So I love that advice. I read also about a survey conducted by SurveyMonkey in partnership with LeanIn.org in April that showed one in four women say they're experiencing severe anxiety right now, while only one in 10 men say the same. So women are stressing about the pandemic more than men, which really takes a toll both emotionally and physically too over time. And what we sometimes forget is that if we don't take care of ourselves, we won't have anything left to give to all the people who we take care of. So it's not selfish to prioritize taking care of ourselves sometimes. We have to do it so that we have fuel in our tank to take care of our kids, our spouses, our parents, all of the people who may rely on us. My friend Monica reminded me of this when I talked to her recently. She's raising two teenage boys as a single mom, and she still is able to carve out some time for herself. I'm like, I have to take care of myself, so I'll be there for them. And, you know, it's a, it's a fairly, um, you know, we're all familiar with going on planes. I don't know when we'll go on a plane again, but, 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 you know, when you do, they tell you to put your own oxygen mask on first. And it's important as moms that we do that um, because we can only, you can't pour from an empty cup. So, you know, I really had to, oh, you know, take stock of what I was doing and make sure that I was taking care of myself so I could do that. For so important. Seriously, that is so important. And um, I do hope we'll all be back on airplanes sometime soon. Um, but in the meantime, I asked Heather what else we could do to take care of ourselves right now. And Heather advises staying connected with family and friends, even if it's only possible using technology, things like video chats, so important right now. She says to make sure you get outside, stay active if possible. Also, put down the phone and take a break from the constant stream of news sometimes because it can be really overwhelming and stressful if you don't 
step away. Sometimes I've found this for myself. And she also advises, particularly at bedtime, to put the phone down, step away from the news, pick up a book so you have some time to unwind. And then that will hopefully lead to you getting a good night's sleep, which is also so important right now. And I've been trying to follow her advice and also to carve out more time for self-care each day. It does not always work out as planned. Uh, every day is not perfect, but I am trying to be more intentional um, so I can stay healthy and and be at my best for those who rely on me. Now, my friend Jess lives in New York City, which of course is a part of the country that has been particularly hard hit by the pandemic. And she's been spending this lockdown time with her boyfriend at his house in Connecticut. So she's on top of everything else, uprooted from her home in New York City. And I checked in with her about whether she's following any of these self-care tips and to see what's working for her. I'll tell you that Peloton app has saved my life. I'm not even joking about my mental health has been like doing yoga um, and exercising has been the only thing I can do to save my mind. Um, I've actually started, I got a coloring book. So I have for you, I got some watercolor paper. I haven't used it yet, but (laughs) you should do it. You're going to love it. It's it's so, it's so bizarre. It's, you feel like I haven't done watercolor since like sixth grade art class, maybe, but I was like, I'm going to get some watercolors. I'm going to (laughs) paint. Do it. Sit outside, you know, and really, it, it's bizarrely calming. And Jerry, um, he likes to watch me color. He says it's calming for him so to watch, watch me you. Color. <laughs> <laughs> so we're sitting on the couch with a glass of bourbon and and well, the color. bourbon helps. That yeah. that I'm sure helps. <laughs> so Jess is a super upbeat positive person. She's so much fun, which is part of why I love her. But in all seriousness, this crisis has hit really close to home for her. She's a teacher in New York City, and many of her students' families have been particularly hard hit. Uh, Students have lost family members to the virus, and others are dealing with severe financial hardship. Um, I think the hardest part for me is that my my connections are there and my life is there and I'm not there anymore. And um, I'm not home. I haven't been home in 10 weeks. And also my students who I'm so connected with, they're my home and, and they are suffering. We're living a life of privilege here. We're cooking nice dinners for ourselves. I'm baking and I'm living where I can walk out the door and I assign a project or an assignment and the response is, well, my parents lost their jobs and I still have my job at the grocery store. So I'm picking up double shifts so we can afford to pay for food. And the landlord has said, we don't have to pay for rent this month, but we don't know what we're going to do next month. And there's a real distress there, um, knowing that my students are suffering and I, and I feel helpless to help them. So that conversation with Jess really reminded me how much I have to be grateful for during this time. Yes, it has been difficult and stressful, and at times scary. But I and many people I know have experienced this crisis from a very privileged position. I have not had to worry about losing my home or putting food on the table for my family. I have worried a lot about my family's health and well-being, but we have not endured what so many families have during this time, and I am so grateful for that each and every day. So amidst the craziness each day brings right now, I'm also trying to take a minute each day to think about 
what has been positive about this time. Like the fact that I've gotten to spend way more time with my kids and my husband. We aren't racing around to sports practices and rehearsals each night. My husband isn't on the road for work. We're at the table together each night for dinner. And that has been a blessing. And this forced slowdown has given me an opportunity also to think about my priorities and how I spend my time, how I spent my time before this and how I want to spend my time when we get back to some new sense of normal. This is a chance to reorder our lives and our priorities. And we have the option to take away something positive that we will carry with us coming out of this experience. So I leave you with that idea. I encourage you to think about what positive thing you can carry forward from this experience. What silver lining will you find? That's all for today's episode, but I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me again. If you enjoyed today's episode, please visit sevenplatespinning.com and subscribe to continue listening. And consider leaving a rating or a review on whatever platform you access the podcast. I so appreciate your support. Thanks for listening.